I might just go as three hole punch gym. Seems easy enough. I just I pretty much have everything I need except the felt dots. Oh my god. What? It's easy. I don't, I'm not gonna go as a hockey player again. That's that's getting used up. Going as Jim Hopper from Stranger Things. Ah. Growing out my mustache. So yeah, I want to do something with a mustache, but I don't know what. Minshew's oh, already yeah, you think you can grow a beard now and now you're just better than me, Caleb? Say it. Just say it to my fucking face. I don't care. <laughs> yeah. How dare you. Web.com podcast. What's up, fellas? Not much. We made Good it. Evening. We made yeah. it through the COVID week. We did. We did, in fact. And there, you know, there will probably be many more COVID weeks before this ship has sailed on the 2020 season. But for right now, we're okay. We're doing well. We're all healthy. Congratulations, mm-hmm. everybody. Uh, and yeah, we all, we all won some in <laughs> different all... fashion than others. <laughs> oh, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> one, Caleb. Well, it's on nice the list. job. To, nice job this week, buddy. I have a good <laughs> for you. I defend oh, myself. <laughs> uh, yeah. So it's week five. Uh, we have, we have one week to go in the non-conference games and then it is conference season the rest of the way through. So we have seen how the the Pack Five is is struggling right now. They have two zero and five teams. They also have two five and zero teams. Very polarizing conflicts <laughs> over mm-hmm. there. It's gonna be uh, weird. And meanwhile, the Big Five is still figuring itself out. So very excited to get into that. But before we do that, uh, we have Week Five and Week Six, and specifically, we're talking about Week Five, which was. A fairly straightforward slate of games. I think we could all see that based on the matchups. Uh, not not a, a ton of competitive games that you would guess. And when it was all said and done, the teams that we expected to win were the ones that pulled it out. Although it wasn't always pretty, Caleb. Uh, all right. Well, before we get into the games, we have two trades to talk about from mm-hmm. this week. Right before game time on Sunday, I was looking at my lineup. I had spent the past roughly 36 hours. uh, Some may say that I didn't sleep at all. Um, I will not confirm nor deny that, but uh, I was trying to get James Robinson. And that proved to be impossible uh, because he is Jonathan (laughs) Taylor in the eyes of a certain someone in our league. Uh, and I can say from personal experience, I get where he's coming from. I did say that Devonte Parker was Julio Jones. <laughs> Wasn't entirely wrong, but, uh, so I went out, I tried to get James Robinson and I ended up with Raheem Mostert, who was a guy that I almost traded for, uh, pre knee injury. And I just decided to pull the trigger, uh, for my 2023 first. And I got my second back. 
uh, in the upcoming or in the 2022 draft. So, what'd you guys think about that trade? Uh, it was it was surprising on that Sunday morning. You don't see that that often. Mingo uh, gets Mostert, brings in that running back depth, which immediately proved to be a good idea with Dalvin getting his groin injury. Um, it's going to be nice to have Mostert. Um, I like it on Colin's side too, especially with that uh, the sneaky 2023 Mingo first. I don't know about <laughs> that. The end of the fall off. Maybe, maybe it could be an early first. So yeah, I like that for Colin too. Yeah, it was pretty straightforward. When I saw that, that there was a trade pending, I thought it was going to be for James Robinson because I know Mingo had been talking about trying to get him, but... Ultimately, the price too much, and I think this is a pretty solid deal here. He gets his second back in 22. Um, Mostert looks great in the, the 49ers offense, and Colin gets another first out of it. So, yeah, I like this for both sides. Um, Mingo is now out of first-round picks, so uh, if that fall-off does happen, maybe around 2023, he could be in a little trouble, but we got plenty of time here to possibly dominate Webb, so I wouldn't worry too much about that well that's kind of been my strategy for the last five years uh and what will become eight years because aside from trading amari cooper to get those the pick last draft i haven't had a first in like three years and i don't have one for the next three years so that's where i'm at and eventually it's going to run out I can't just mortgage it forever, but we're going to keep going, man. How long are you going to be able to do the trade all of your picks and then the draft comes and there's one guy you want and you somehow finagle a pick to get him? I don't know. We're going to find out. I'm going to try again this year, but um, yeah. So that was, you know, I thought a, a nice trade for me and for Colin. So, uh, Colin was involved in another trade, though, that one coming a little bit later after a certain performance by the greatest defensive player of our generation, Aaron Donald, uh, who flew under the radar a little bit. He hasn't always had those numbers that you wanted to see in terms of an IDP, but uh, when he has the sort of year he's having this year uh yeah you want to see that um so aaron donald goes over to dan uh along with a third round selection and in return colin gets the player that he almost drafted at ninth overall this year tua yeah crazy this was another surprising one uh kind of ruined my day because i realized dan has my 2019 defensive line now <laughs> wow, and they're that's leading the league in sacks. Hey, take it as a compliment. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, as an Aaron, as as the most experienced Aaron Donald owner in Web, <laughs> I, I can very much vouch for the fact that he he's not a flashy fantasy player, but he is just in. He's just always in your lineup, steady. He's getting sacks, even when they sometimes come in bunches, but even still, he gets tackles. Um, so it's going to be a nice steady lineup presence for Dan. Um, we've seen Tua and Justin Herbert leave Dan's QB stable here in the last couple of weeks. That's interesting. I thought maybe he'd hold on to one of them, but 
He doesn't have yeah, Mahomes. So. That's sort of where I'm at. Again, I didn't wasn't a huge fan of the Herbert trade, and I'm not a huge fan of this one either. I feel like Tua's value is only going to keep going up here. And I know, I don't really know, I haven't looked exactly what his defensive line looks like outside of um, Miles Garrett, but I don't know. Well, he has I, I, Daniil Hunter. That's yeah, the thing. He he's should he's be trying back, to buffer. Right? He's trying to buffer this time without Daniil in the lineup. There are rumblings. I haven't heard this from anything legit yet, but there's rumblings that Daniil Hunter is going to miss the whole year. Okay. All right. Okay. Well, then if that's the case, then makes a little more sense. But I feel like there are maybe cheaper options out there that he could have gotten. Um, I know he wants that elite production, but still high end that he could have gotten and then save Tua to move him at a time when once he starts playing, you saw how Herbert, I mean, he skyrocketed and people are, I feel like people are forgetting how good Tua was in college. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I like that trade for Colin a lot. Yeah, it was, I mean, we thought at the time, at the time of the draft, where Dan was able to pick both of those players, it felt like a huge win for him. Like, yeah. holy crap, we just let him get both of these guys there? And now, five weeks into the season, they're both gone. Tua hasn't played yet. We don't know what that looks like. And Herbert, man, we're going to talk about him later on, but... He looks like the real deal, man. That that touchdown pass to Keenan Allen, I was like feeling something special on Monday. I, <laughs> I don't know what it is because I wasn't like a huge Herbert guy coming out, but he might be becoming my favorite player. I don't. <laughs> well, like, it, I love him. Yeah, we we can talk about him when we get there. I have, okay, okay, yeah. we'll save it. We'll save it. All right, let's get into the games. Uh, I let everybody down this week, and I did not put out a Game of the Week poll yet again. So for the second consecutive week, the AP writers are working a little bit of overtime. Uh, and they have selected Frazier and Kelvin as Game of the Week. Perhaps the only game on the schedule that seemed to be between two teams that felt relatively close together. Uh, yeah. in terms of scoring and, and outlook and things like that. So the Frazier-Calvin matchup. Well, Frazier, uh, we just got done a few weeks ago talking about this scrappy team. You came out, you put up a week high, you shut down Parker. Now you're right back with another 200-point game, and you're 5-0. and Yeah, things are really looking up. Uh, the defense, the big story this week. Finally, I think I said on a few pods back that I expected them to bounce back, and it's in the process of happening. So that was nice to see. Um, I'm really I like the way, despite not having Rogers this week and having to sit through Philip Rivers, this <laughs> offense like feels like it might be legit here. Like Kittle had a down week, but then people picked him up. DJ Moore bounced back. Um. And Chris Carson and Kareem Hunt and Zeke haven't been super flashy, but it's just 15 to 20 points Assistant. every week. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it's things are looking good. The schedule's easy. I think we're just going to kind of coast into the playoffs here. I don't want to, I don't want to make any predictions and jinx myself. I but. mean, it's, 
it's almost a lock. I feel like like well, you did have a clinch. This, this was a clinching game. Remember, Caleb yeah. Oh, yeah. as you have officially yep. clinched the playoffs. How does Congrats. it feel? Thank you. <laughs> it feels good to be uh, the first team this year to clinch a playoff berth. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and the like we talked about the receiving core maybe was a weakness at one point, but yeah, DJ Moore comes back. CD Lamb's getting. Uh, he's looking really good, getting a lot of hype coming his way now. Jameson Crowder, I mean, when you gonna... he's doing good. When... Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> he's you doing good. He's... I won't. Be... Jameson Crowder, hello, Web Factor. Crowder is just all dynasty wide receiver one or the dynasty wide receiver one. Which one? I would say you? the the. Okay, that's what I, I thought I too. That you've jumped on board, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, you can... <laughs> I, I've sort of become. Like when I saw what Chase Claypool did and some other guys like Justin Herbert, like I've just been like, you know what? If I was wrong about someone, I, I mean, I wasn't really wrong about Crowder. I just wasn't as high oh, as you guys. You were, it's proving me you wrong. wrong. You were very wrong. No, no, I got so much shit, and I specifically remember you and Dan getting on my case for saying that that was a web factor on this team. And what has he been? What has he been, Caleb? Caleb, He's been a Caleb web was factor. all. All over me. He's like, you wouldn't want uh, Jamison Crowder to be a wide receiver three if you want to make the playoffs. And he's freaking wide receiver one on my team. He scores 100, 100 yards and a touchdown every week. Okay, like I said, he's he's looking really good. Um, We'll just get past that. How about Montez Sweat? I just wanted to pop in on that. I saw a Cam Akers run uh, where it looked Cam Akers looked pretty good. And then Montez Sweat comes out of nowhere and chase him down from behind. I think it's kind of cool to see him starting to do things because uh, he was something I was kind of high on out of college, and he he had like a heart thing or something where or was that? I think that was Sweat. Um, where he, um, I don't remember exactly, but just glad to see him doing things. And uh, Jeremy Chin, low-key stud at the defensive back spot. Um, not even low-key. I think we've been hyping him up a lot, Pretty but he key. looks like us. Yeah, he's going to be a stalwart in this lineup for a while. Team's come a long way from that that Colin performance that that um, I mean everyone's kind of seen it now. But yeah, looking good. Congrats on playoff clinch. Thank you. Well, th- I this is kind of a a theme, a thread, if you will, that's going to run through the episode today. But specifically talking about wide receiver rankings right now and there's a player on this squad who just went third overall in the summer cd lamb uh where are we at with cd five weeks into his rookie season give me a give me a rough estimate of of his dynasty value to to you guys where where do you currently have him sitting maybe give Uh, me a tier or or some comparable players something like that i'm all the way in cd I mean, all the way in, Han. <laughs> <laughs> what goes on in the wow. locker room, man? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, yeah, I don't know exactly where to put him, but having he's already got two hundred or two one hundred plus yard receiving games, he's getting plenty of targets. At least five catches in each game to start his career. I mean, that's you do not see that at all. Like in this, and it's kind of been this wide receiver class like we talk about justin jefferson you know judy's been making plays like living up to the hype but cds look the 
the best so far in terms of fantasy and probably overall. Um, just kudos to you. To, uh, you. He was your guy for a while. You moved up to get him. And looks like you'll be rip, reaping the benefits for the foreseeable future. <laughs> let me, let, yeah. me po- let me pose a question real quick. Mm-hmm. I'm going to name two players. Tell me which one you'd rather have. <laughs> Not personally, Caleb, just as a player in Dynasty. Oh, CD yeah, sure. Lamb or Michael Thomas? I'm telling you right now, if that appeared in my inbox, I don't think I'd do it. Man, I if you're a contender, I'd take Thomas, but uh, man, still. Just overall, just overall, in a vacuum, you see a trade. You own CD uh, or you own Michael Thomas, and you get the other one in a trade straight up. Who are you taking? Gun to your head. Gun to your head, Caleb. No situations. If you don't pick serious. one, you die. <laughs> the very, uh, uh, I'm, going, I'm going CD. 21 Ooh. years old. You heard it here, folks. Dynasty yeah. moves fast. Yeah, it's it, like we talked about last week. It's just you know, just like I know his situation ended up pushing him down a little bit, but it actually just ended up being perfect. And I even with Dalton, I'm not like too worried about it. Um, it's just he's in that slot, and he's got those two out taking uh, some of the coverage away from him, and he's they're hitting him on a bunch of these like deep crossers and stuff and he's just getting chunk yardage and he's always open. So it's yeah. almost like he's kind of landed in a situation where he's not going to like, like maybe in the future you'll see him move outside. But right now he's just in like the perfect fantasy situation for him to produce like while developing. It's true. Uh, last note on your team, Frazier, you're five and oh, right. And mm-hmm. You know, we've had some pretty damn good teams in web, some historic teams, but uh, this is only the fourth time that a team has started five and zero, oh, and and one of them is also this season. It's Dave. So before this season, only two teams two had teams. started five and zero. Oh. Obviously, wow. you were you were one of them. You're the only two time five and zero. Oh owner in the league with your 14 and 0 season and then uh 2015 parker only two teams before this season that started five and zero. so this is a very impressive accolade and it deserves to be celebrated with your playoff clinching celebration yeah. the we're champagne keeping, we're keeping things in perspective though because i've had hot starts Ooh. i think the last two years and the team has cooled down down the stretch so we're gonna try and avoid that this year all right good level-headed i like it mm-hmm all right, flip side, Kelvin. So it was, I mean, unfortunately for Kelvin, it wasn't a really competitive game at any point, but he did show up again, man. This team continues to score points. He's putting points on the board every week. Uh, currently has a 6.2 WIB, which places him at number six, and we kind of see this like tier of five teams at the top, and mm-hmm. he's right beneath that man. He's he's the next team out. So, uh, thoughts on this Kelvin team in the matchup, Rock? What did you see from this squad? Dude, the squad hung around. It made like I had a really good week, and it made it scary. I mean, Josh Jacobs, Ben Roethlisberger, like really carried this team. A couple times, his projections got 
pretty close to where I was pretty worried that maybe this really good week for my team would be spoiled. Uh, but then, luckily, I was able to catch one of the the Amari typical weeks that he every once in a while has, where he has like two points. So, I think the CD the, the CD uh, Amari matchup was key to this game. But even his defense, I think, had a pretty good week. So, yeah, it's this is another reason why the Big Five is going to be just a murderer's role this year because there are good teams all the way down. Yeah, solid performance. I mean, not much else you can say. He got pretty good production production out of his two young running backs, Jacobs Taylor. James Conner is still doing things while, while he's healthy, so that's good. Robbie Anderson, I mean, if we're talking about Jameson Crowder, uh, <laughs> that wasn't put a some, Well, we got to put some thing. respect on Robbie's name yeah. right now, man, because this put, guy's legit. Yeah, like uh, 300 yard games this season, getting a boatload of targets. Uh, you know, AJ Brown came back, so though we sort of saw the other side of that trade once again. But you know, it's working out for for Calvin here. Robbie's having a season I don't think many of us expected. But you get away from Adam Gase, and that's what happens. Yep, you're damn right. Uh, Calvin Ridley also returned to form <laughs> this week after our. You know, we cursed him, but luckily that wore off. It didn't affect him going forward, so he's back. Uh, and after we asked this team, what's it going to take for you to start Justin Jefferson? Uh, he he put on his, his owner cap. He said, I'm not going to listen to those guys on the podcast. I think they're kind of <laughs> stupid. And I'm going to sit Justin Jefferson this week. And what do you know? Great, uh, great move by Kelvin to do that. So never listen to us is the take here. I don't know. I think you should have started him over Amari. Only a yeah. three points. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we are awful at start sits. Yeah, yeah. I, well, it, the problem is that any player that we mention in a positive light is instantaneously cursed. So. Yeah. We can't really control it. It just happens. If we talk positively about your player, you should probably bench them that week. <laughs> it's a law of nature. CD bench. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right, moving on. Next game. Uh, like I mentioned, there are two 5-0 and teams in web, and that is not a common thing. So Dave... We're going to hop over to the Dave Carter game, and we're going to talk about this Dave team, which after the the three weeks in which it seemed like he may never score under 200 again, he broke the scoring record. He looked like he was going to just run away with it. He's 5-0. and He has not stumbled badly enough yet. However, the last two weeks, not quite as dominant. Back up to 188.96 this week. But uh, how are we feeling about Dave? Still still our leader in points and whip, by the way. Coming back to earth, but still love this team. He's built some running back depth with that girly trade. Um, it should be, he's got the Kamara bye coming up. But after that, I mean, McCaffrey should be back after that. And we should be able to see the full force of what this team's capable of once Kamara and McCaffrey are firing. So yeah. yeah, still still love it. 
it's scary to think about that duo again. We've we've kind of been able to get away from it, and he's still been putting up good numbers. Um, Gurley, big week for him. Adam Thielen, really nice week. Uh, Adam Tyler Thielen Lockett. is Adam Thielen is quietly returning to form. Like he's he's quietly having an unbelievable <laughs> yeah. season. Wide receiver yeah. too, like the, the yeah, number Adam, two. <laughs> Adam Thielen could be his his stud wide receiver. It's just a matter of keeping those hammies healthy or whatever he deals with all all the time. He's thirty now, you know. He's got yeah. uh, he's got you know the retirement home is calling, and it's. <laughs> Not many years left. He's just trying to enjoy him. Yeah, he's he's thirty. He's not any not worth more than like a third to Webb now. <laughs> well, I wouldn't give him a fourth. <laughs> yeah, and you know, benches Daryl Henderson, rightfully so, when he comes back and scores a twenty point game. So Rams backfield for you. Um I saw that coming. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but yeah, it's uh can't can't complain much about Dave's team and put up on another solid week. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, okay. So Brock has a new stat for us. We're, we're the stat gurus here at web. We never sleep. We're always yeah. looking for the next thing, you know? Uh, and you have one here, Frazier. You have Whoa. a, you have a theoretical wins that also takes into account your current wins right now and yeah. how that may affect your theoretical wins. And what, do you have a name for this stat? Would you like to share the name? Uh, projected wins. Projected oh, wins. That, that's clever. Projected mm-hmm. wins. So I don't we know have. I of that. <laughs> we have the uh, we have the metric that measures your expected wins off of WIB, but now we have projected wins, which some may say projects your final total of wins, mm-hmm. taking into account your current record and your performance. Great stat, by the way. Nice work. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, and this Dave team currently at a 12.5 projected wins. That's close enough to 14 for me to ask you a question right now. Give me a probability that Dave Ooh. finishes 14 and 0. Let's look at the schedule here. I know it's he's got a five, man. He's yeah, in he's... the pack five. And if he goes six and 0 against the big five, I might start believing. Yeah, that's that's the interesting part about Dave and I being five and zero. Is this is the hardest part of our schedule going through the big five? Um, so yeah, he he doesn't have much that much harder of a schedule than I do. And we were talking about how easy mine was. Um, plays Caleb twice, but other than that, Riley and Josh are his other two uh, revenge block uh, or whatever. Yeah, revenge block is that what we're calling it? His <laughs> double matchups. Yeah, so it's. Even week 10, looking like it would be his hardest game other than this upcoming game that we're going to talk about. Um, With me, as far as, I mean, COVID could completely change this, but my team is destroyed by buys in week 10 right now. I would say 20, 25% chance. God. What do you think, Caleb? I... You're gonna go higher than twenty five percent. That's that seemed high thinking about it. That's, but. yeah, that's I'd maybe go twenty percent. There there's just too much room to to slip up just in one game. And you know how it happens in fantasy. Um, if he get if he gets by Dan, I'm gonna stand by the twenty five percent. Okay. This week. 
Yeah. If he can beat Dan, like if he if if he gets out of this with wins over me, Dan, and Parker unscathed, yeah, yeah I'm all in, man. I'd give him a pretty good shot. And especially with what you're saying, Frage, with your week ten situation, like that, yeah, I I I would be afraid. I would be very afraid. We may see another a repeat of this in uh only eight years. Uh all right. Well, the other side of this game is the darling of this show, the darling of our lives. And it was not quite enough for Carter this week to take down Dave, but by God did he try. And I applaud him for that. <laughs> Dude, this team early on looking like one of those really consistent average teams that are going to be <laughs> a problem for um, some of these big teams if they have a letdown week. That's literally how we won 11 games and made it to the title. Yeah, yeah it's a formula <laughs> that can work. <laughs> it ain't broke, don't fix it. He's got, yeah, it's been that sort of season again here. Uh, Kyler Murray doing Kyler Murray things. Ronald Jones having a heck of a game with Fournette hurt. Uh, got a receiving touchdown stolen from him, so that was even more points that should have been there. Um, Diggs is a monster. The other two wide receiver spots, Gallup's really good, but his target like share hasn't exactly been ideal with Dallas, and I don't know how that's going to change with Dalton. And then Ayuk, another th- like the 49ers quarterback situation is a mess now with Jimmy G getting benched. So that's another thing to add on. But um, yeah, you know, he'll see if he can ride out these young running backs, Singletary get on track, and uh, go from there. The concern with this team is we remember he had the hot defensive start. Uh, we didn't view this defense as a strength going into the year, and it's kind of settled back down with 53, 53.149 the last uh, three weeks. I I mean, he's he's averaging 60 on the D right now, but it's, it's heavily influenced by that 79-point uh, output in week one. And... Uh, another thing I wanted to mention here with this squad, AJ Green. Uh, I am pulling the plug on AJ Green. AJ Green is done; his career is over. That that play where it got a little overthrown over him, but like he didn't even try to tackle whoever he like. It looked like he was going downfield to block for the guy who picked it off. I was just like, oh no. I mean, somebody said that like he got hurt and maybe he got hurt like on that play or something, but it just looked to me like he was like, oh, come on. And just threw his hands up in the air and quit on the play. And this is like, I did not expect this to go this way at all this year with AJ Green. I made a couple offers trying to get him. Like going into this year, there was all that talk like, Bengals, like he wants to be a Bengal for life and get his new contract with the Bengals and all that. So I figured going into this year, he'd like embrace this, like kind of rebuild, uh, retool with Burrow, like kind of build that chemistry. But it's just not looking that way right now. 
I don't know. I don't know if he's just not physically there and he's just frustrated that he can't win as much or whatever it may be, but he just doesn't. No, he doesn't look the same. He does as, not look the same at all. And the, I mean, there's plenty of guys there around him that are ready to produce right now. So yeah, I think Higgins is going to slot right into that role and, and feast. Mm. I mean, it's only a matter of time. Like he's already shown flashes. It's only a matter of time before he just takes over. <laughs> it's Thanksgiving at Mingo's house, and <laughs> T. Higgins gets the first pick of the turkey. Dude, I want... Metaphors. <laughs> what, what, what would it cost the Packers to get AJ Green? Like a fifth, fourth? Do you want? Him? Okay, I kind of do. I want to see. I don't want AJ Green. I don't even care about this season because they're fine this season. I'm looking ahead though. Next season, free agency. If Michael Gallup or Juju are not a Packer in 2022, Gosh. I'm done. I would love Gallup. Because imagine that shit. There's a lot of there's a lot of buzz. We're, we may talk about this with Parker coming up here, but Juju, with this whole Chase Claypool thing. And everything else going on, Deontay Johnson, everybody else seems to get this hype right now. And now you got Steelers fans saying, we're not re-signing him, blah, blah, blah. If Juju hits the market, man. It's crazy. Like, this is like, when you think of the Steelers, like, like I know it's Big Ben, but like, Juju's been sort of the face of this team the past couple of years. How big he's become, just yeah. even as just like a social, right. like a pop icon. Like yeah, with everything. I, think it's, I think it's a bit of an overreaction. They love him there. This juju shit apparel everywhere. Yeah. So that'd be it. It might make sense, but like, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. That, that will sit in in week five, twenty twenty two, right here on this podcast. We will talk about it. But for right now, we are going to transition over to the team that I have to talk about this week and that's riley because it it we're it, it's a nice segue we're right there chase claypool mm. yeah. we're gonna, let, well, let's talk about dan first because this is dan's week dan had a week high he blew the doors off of riley like we all expected him to do and uh it was it was a nice it was a nice rebound for this team after the 153 the disappointing performance had some covid related uh incidents there but he's back at full strength this week and he looked damn good uh 245 which would have nearly been uh a record setter if uh if dave hadn't already broken that so uh dan's team where are we at here i mean there's a lot to like about this offense right now yeah it's explosive um still a little bit worried about the consistency of it uh least consistent team in web so far by the numbers Ooh, 21.71 really close with caleb's with caleb's (laughs) not very consistent (laughs) yeah it's huge week from dan um, the Miles Sanders acquisition, I know trading Barkley was a whole big thing, but this is looking huge. Uh, I know there was talk about maybe if Le'Veon would go there and that got shot down right away. Coach said, uh, Sanders is a three down guy for them. So that's huge. Um, Hollywood's pretty much the only receiver that's productive in Baltimore. Uh, Tyreek's Tyreek. And of course we have to get to the dynasty darling 
Here we go, DK, guys. Metcalf. Here we go. Dynasty wide receiver one, question mark. In we a vacuum, DK about, Metcalf. <laughs> we already talked about CD. And here's here's the other name on the list this week. Uh, I You say it, Caleb. You say it. But there are people that I have seen on the internet that would suggest to you that there is no wide receiver in the NFL right now that they would rather have on their dynasty team than DK Metcalf. What do you say to that? It wasn't that long ago that Dan was reaching for this guy with the number one overall pick. It wasn't that long ago that I was roasting anybody who said they would take DK over Jerry Judy or CD lamb. And within five weeks of this 2020 season, DK Metcalf has exploded onto the NFL scene and his fantasy stock in dynasty is just Amazon levels <laughs> right now. Where are we at with DK? Say it. Say it, you coward. I got it. Is he top? I don't know. He's not number one. He might be top five. I don't know, man. This has just been a whirlwind of this season. Did not expect this. Russell Wilson is playing on God tier. There's part of me. I feel like CeeDee Lamb right now is almost a. Eh, I won't make the argument, but like he's got a higher floor than DK. He's been getting more catches, honestly. And, but. I guess I would say in a vacuum, would you rather have CD or DK? That's something I'd like to ask you guys. I mean, they both, they're both, they're both top ten dynasty wide receivers now. I think for sure, mm-hmm. whether or not top five, it's getting, getting close. So the DK thing, I mean, he's got a lot of stuff going for him. He's got Russ tied to Russell. They've like created this like magical like connection with deep balls and stuff and it's remember i think it was like two weeks ago when we were talking about how he had four catches and like at least 95 yards in each game i was like thinking like can this go on for the whole year like it might it could it's like can it really though can it really well we saw it like with tyler lockett he had such a huge start to the season and then he just completely fizzled the last two games so i wouldn't be shocked if something like that happened to DK, honestly. Uh, but, I mean, for a 22-year-old receiver putting up these numbers, it's tough to really... Let, let me just put this in a perspective where this DK hype train is at, okay? I just Googled DK Metcalf, okay? I just wanted, you know, wanted to take a look here. 22 years old, yada, yada, yada. Uh, one of the first articles that appears when you search for DK Metcalf... Uh, Compares him to Jerry Rice. Yeah, I was hearing that. So, on, uh, well, that's what Russ compared him to. Yeah, that was Russell Wilson himself. Okay, so yeah, this this uh, person, this it's what seemingly is a reporter, is remarking on that comparison and saying it's not as crazy as it sounds. And I'm just like, okay. Let me get this out of the way. I was wrong about DK. 
Not in the sense that I didn't like DK as a prospect, but in the sense that I went into this 2020 season believing that he was solid wide receiver two, gimme Judy, gimme CD all day long. But the what has happened this season with players and their hype, it's like, I feel like it's unprecedented. Yeah, yeah. Is it? It's just I don't know what it is, but it's been like one guy will have a big game, and all of a sudden, like, has this happened in years fast? It doesn't. It doesn't feel like I it at all. This is just remember what, like, it, why it feels this way, but it, 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 it. I don't think it's been like this. I mean, you don't. You didn't hear things like the next Odell, the next Jerry Rice. DK is is whatever, whatever. He's the best wide receiver of our generation. Like. You, you didn't hear stuff like that. I, I don't know if it's just an it's a dynasty it. is is like climbing in popularity, and you have these these people in here that are like, whoa, yeah. There was a there's another YouTube channel that does cut ups, and I subscribe to them just to check to make sure I'm not like overlapping. And they occasionally upload like fantasy stuff. And the other day it was an Antonio Gibson video. And half of the video was talking about how he's the next Christian McCaffrey, which I was like, okay. But I was also <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> like, Jesus yeah, Christ. That's another player that I've seen those ridiculous comparisons time and time again. I mean, I've seen you, you pick a name and, and I, I've seen him compared to Antonio Gibson. I mean, McCaffrey, Kamara. I mean, every one of these guys is being compared and it's like, I think everybody just needs to chill out <laughs> yeah. and understand that there are good players and great players and they don't have to be legendary players. <laughs> and that's okay. That being said, this DK Metcalf situation that we're dealing with, with five games, it has been unbelievable. Like you said, Brock, they have this connection. Him and Russ just have this connection and it's special. You expect it you know that it's coming every single game and you can't stop it because he's just too big and too fast. But uh, yeah, I mean, this is something to monitor for sure as the season progresses, but I, I guess, I guess if we're going to listen to the hype, we could be think we could be talking about a situation where Dan walked into the number one dynasty asset wide receiver by picking his guy at number one. That's so. It seemed like it was tough to say for you. It, uh, I stumbled a little bit. My stomach <laughs> lurched. But the thing this week, watching DK before, like before this week, it was just kind of like waiting for him to hit that big one, basically. And he he would, has been hitting it like on a weekly basis, basically. Um, but this week, with like Lockett had a down game, and DK kind of seemed like. The guy like doing that stuff over the middle all of a sudden, and he looked like pretty good doing it. And that was the thing that a lot of people were worried that he couldn't do. And he was running like a lot of different routes and like mm-hmm. looking good while doing it. Yeah. Yes, he was, Brock. Yes, he was. <laughs> well, uh, all right. So great week for Dan. Um, lot to talk about there with DK, but we're going to jump over to the other side of this game because we have another player that we need to talk about right now. And that's Chase Claypool because as I was parsing through the dynasty Reddit today, 
happened to stumble upon a post related to Chase Claypool. And, uh, man, it's, uh, it's, it's apparent that, uh, Riley has just landed the next greatest receiver in NFL history, uh, at the bottom of the second round. Uh, his value has already overtaken Jalen Rager, Denzel Mims, and Michael Pittman. He is already better than all of those players. Uh, and he may also be better than Odell Beckham himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tough to argue. Well, guys, uh, this seems to set up perfectly for my new favorite segment of the web podcast the fs1 segment of the week no mercy no mercy no mercy let's go face all right ladies and gentlemen we've got our first topic up here for the take of the week is chase claypool the next odell beckham frazier i'm gonna tell you what mango odell came End of the league. He lit it up. This Claypool guy lighting it up too. I don't care that he is three inches taller and 40 pounds heavier than Odell. This is the next Odell Beckham. He can do everything Odell can do, but bigger. This guy is the next big thing. Claypool. Learn the name. Listen to it. You'll hear it a bunch. Do I have to remind you, Frazier? Do I have to remind you? That this guy is from Canada. Does he even know how to play American football? Does he know? I mean, the, he doesn't even know where the goalpost is, man. He's trying to figure out how the end zone works. I mean, he found it four times. Big whoop. You know, everybody does that. I heard Emmett Smith did that. But, uh, you know, he's he's a running back, man. I, I'm out on this Claypool guy, man. I'm out on him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're going to have to go to a commercial break. Uh, after <laughs> after the break, is DK Metcalf next Jerry Rice? Stay tuned, folks. And that was your FS1 segment of the week. Thank you for tuning in to America's number one sports network, your home of objectivity all the time. Chase Claypool, everybody. Uh, so, I'm, I mean, it, you poke fun at it, okay? You do the segment, blah, blah, blah. There are actually people talking about this right now. I mean, there I you can find people right now that have already proclaimed. I mean, I'm talking NFL analysts. I'm not talking fantasy plebs in their basements, whatever. I'm talking guys on the panel that saw this guy go out for four touchdowns and say this is the next great receiver in the NFL. Like they just proclaimed it. Like it was a fact, like this is the next great Steelers receiver. I mean, where are we sitting here? I mean, what you, when you see a game like this from a player that, you know, second round pick and what, I mean, what do you expect from this guy? Like, are we serious? Like, are are you buying this at all? Uh, I'm I'm a little bit in on it, but this is one of those types of guys that I definitely want to see a whole year from. Like we knew he was big, we knew he was fast, and we knew that when you're big and fast, and you got Juju and Deontay taking coverage away, you might get sprung a couple times, and it might happen in the same game, which it happens. So I kind of want to see how he looks throughout the whole season. Um, 
like one of the com- the concerns on him was he just was big and fast. He wasn't that good of a wide receiver. So I am not yet convinced that he is someone that could be like have the Steelers like not sign Juju because we got this guy. So yeah, I'm not not convinced on that yet. Yeah, it's it's way too early to tell. Obviously, a fantastic performance, but you know it was the Eagles secondary, and teams are still going to be figuring out guys like Chase Claypool, and maybe they'll have the game plan around them going forward or something. But uh, got to see some more consistency for sure. It's it's one game. Like Deontay was hurt. Um, he's this is. I mean, you're just you're just not going to see more games like this, but. A definitely a, a great bright spot for Riley. Who this is one of his guys that he banked on. One of the guys I poo pooed on. I thought he was a Miles Boykin kind of guy, where he was a workout warrior, but wasn't actually a good receiver. And I was wrong. He's look he's looked great. How dare you guys be so level headed about that? Okay, <laughs> that's not what sells. All right. <laughs> uh, but no, I mean you're you're right. I mean it's. It, Great for Riley to get this guy where he picked him uh, and to see this kind of a performance early in his career. I mean, that's he's ecstatic. He's looking for anything right now, and this is a huge bright spot on his season. Um, and honestly, let's say this thing does turn out, this A.J. Brown, D.J. Chark, Chase Claypool wide receiver core i mean you may be walking into 2021 with one of the most appealing wide receiver groups in the whole league if if things turn out with with claypool and he's able to do this all season but it seems like he's just a honestly he's getting closer to that um to being competitive like way faster than i thought i think he's, he's the receiving core is looking really good the defense, um, he's got pieces, and then it's pretty much he got his quarterback in Herbert, who we'll, yeah. uh, we'll probably talk about here, but uh, just filling those running back spots with those picks. If he can just hit on one or two, I mean, he'll be sitting in a really good place already for next season. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's looking like he's going to fall right into a perfect place to take a Etienne yeah. or a Najee. Yeah. yeah, you add one of them to this lineup, and all of a sudden it's just like, okay, yeah, and I mean, he, this is not a, he, you know, he built this team, you know, even Justin Herbert, a guy that now is completely locked in for him. I mean, this is his guy. I mean, yeah. Herbert is legit. I'm saying <laughs> it. We're talking about overhyped yeah, guys. Dude, I, sit down, Chase Claypool. <laughs> let me hype my boy from Oregon up real quick because man bun Herbert at the draft. I'm sitting there like, you know, didn't love your tape, buddy, but with your hair and your face and you're going <laughs> to L.A., I'm like, please give it to me. And he's it's it's happening, man. I The Chargers have their guy. This is the quarterback that, you know, I his his seal here we go. Ready? Hot takes. <laughs> Herbert's ceiling immensely higher than Philip Rivers. This is the kind of player that can take them to the places that Philip Rivers could never get them to. And I loved Philip Rivers. I mean, I think Philip Rivers is a Hall of Famer. So Ooh. that's what I'm saying about about Herbert right now. There you go. Oh, Hot takes. Okay. I don't get wide receivers. Sit down. Quarterbacks. I'm all in. 
don't think I'm ready to say that, but... (laughs) Dude, I... He's, like, way better than he did in college. Like, like when he played against Wisconsin, it was just sort of like he was doing things with his legs. Like, yeah, yeah, this is pretty good. And I... I think I compared him to like a Josh Allen type prospect where there were inconsistencies and he had the big arm, solid mobility. And I thought it was going to take a little time for him to get acclimated. But my God, has he stepped in and done better than I think most people would have ever imagined. Like, imagine if Tyrod doesn't get that fluke injury. Like, where are we at here? Like, this is not even a thing that's starting. But he might be better than Josh Allen right now. Okay, we'll save that one for next week. <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, great. What a great trade from Riley. We said it last week. Super savvy move to get this guy before his value really takes off. And I think you're already. I mean, you're already at a point where a second's not enough. Like I wouldn't trade this guy for a second at all anymore. No. And just seeing what we've seen and yeah. Great job, Riley. Nice work. Um, All right. We're going to move on. We're going to move on to another expansion team and the game that he played against you, Caleb, this week. The the stone wall of the dynasty team. Just, you can't get away from it, man. They just, it just wears you down over the course of a weekend and you just, you can't put it together. It's, uh, legitimately witchcraft i don't i think we need to like burn colin have like a voodoo ceremony i'm willing to do whatever it takes because this is ridiculous it's just like week in week out like he he's a couple like not bad injuries away from being five and oh like he's played all all his losses have been have come down to pretty much like monday night and tuesday night for me which just is incredible an extra night of stress but um (laughs) Yeah, this, I don't even know what to say. It was a really rough week. I had four guys leave the game with injuries and another guy get ejected. That's back-to-back weeks where a defensive back has gotten ejected for my team. So maybe you need to look at, maybe it's a look in the mirror moment. Okay. Yeah, really. Culture you're building. It might be because, I mean, Rashawn Evans was ejected earlier in this. That's three guys already this season. Like, we're on a, that's hurting a lot. Um, But, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot of issues with this team right now, if I'm being honest. Like, obviously, the injuries were bad, but um, Tebow hasn't come back quite as hot. And with the quarterback, like I said earlier, not great. Keenan was looking really good, but obviously, he got hurt. Uh, and the thing I'm so frustrated about is my defense and particularly my linebackers. You know, I come into the season, Devin Bush and Joe Schobert are supposed to be like my locked in, like, really steady starters and I'm getting three tackles this week from Devin Bush, four from Joe Sherbert. Like, I don't know if Joe Sherbert's ever had like less than five tackles in a, in a game in his career. And he goes, and all of a sudden at the Jaguars, Miles Jack is just eating it up and Sherbert's getting the remnants of what's there. It's just, no one has really been, neither of them have been doing what I expected and it's hurting a lot. Miles Jack didn't even play this week. Two of us, just the random backup taking it from Sherbert. I I don't get it. It's very because I felt I came into the season really feeling good about my defense, and it's good I have the depth at defensive line because now Chandler Jones is out for the season too. But even he wasn't doing much, so yeah, well, frustrating. 
I mean, we're talking about the uh, the witchcraft of this Colin team, and uh, it's pretty powerful stuff because your defense that you're talking about here, Caleb, you scored 32 on defense this week. I had to do a double take when I saw it in the spreadsheet because 32 is the worst defensive output since week nine of 2018. Wow. And you know what team that was. That was a Story Dave team that broke the defensive <laughs> scoring record once again. So, yeah. It, yeah, pretty pretty brutal on the defense this week. Yeah, tough to watch Aaron Donald almost outscore my entire defense. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I mean, the, maybe not so much in terms of in terms of your team, Caleb. You're you're going to be okay here, but it deserves to be spoken about because it was a horrific moment on the NFL season so far. Uh, and that was Dak Prescott's injury. Um, just a truly awful thing to see. Uh, I, I can't even remember the last time that an injury like this happened. I mean, you, you talk about the Alex Smith injury, and that was honestly like one of the most horrific injuries maybe in the history of the league. Uh, but a young face of the NFL type of a player. When's the last time we saw a guy like that go down this way? I mean, he he was at the height of his career. He's putting up, you know, record breaking numbers. He's playing for a contract. He's if they were finding a way to win these games, he'd be in the MVP conversation. I mean, and just to see that go down, I mean, just just horrific for for it Dak. Would. Yeah, I was not. I was probably too young to know what the Tom Brady torn ACL was like, but mm, could yeah. that have been similar? Was I that mean, like wait. Even even then, it's like how many torn ACLs do we see every season? Yeah. and it's like you you it's see like a gruesome. You it's see never... his leg just and oh, it's just horrible. Yeah, I just, it's. Feel for him. I felt like not even just owning him in like leagues and stuff. I was just like sick to my like. I didn't feel the same the rest of that Sunday. There was just like a little oh, I just there was something about that that just kind of rattled me. I was like, damn, it couldn't couldn't have happened to a nicer guy. You know why it rattled you, Caleb? Because who's sitting up in the press box? Yeah, with his gross ass, wrinkled ass face. Fucking Jerry Jones and the guy who should have paid this player. I mean, I, I had a conversation with Dan about this months ago about, you know, what is Dak really worth? But he should have been paid. You know, yeah. he deserved to be paid. He deserved to be paid a lot of money. And now we're in a situation where we'll see what happens. I mean, the expectation is that he can come back and you know, play again and, and maybe get to that level again, but we don't know. I mean, we'll, we'll have, we don't know what his recovery is going to look like, but uh, I, yeah. I really hope he comes back, goes to the 49ers and just shoves it up the Cowboys <laughs> ass. I need that more than anything. Same. You know, now that, now that this is a few days out, I feel okay commenting on this, but uh, when, when it first happened and I saw his, um, uh, ankle basically sideways and it must have just been the perfect timing with Romo oh, he, God. he couldn't quite see exactly oh, what was going on but it pans to Prescott and his uh. foot is facing the wrong way and Tony Romo lets out a yeah 
best case scenario here. You just have to hope it's just a cramp. And that was one of the funniest bad. TV moments it was... in a while. <laughs> yeah, looking back at it. Well, and just the fact that it was Romo in the booth, you know, the guy who took yeah. his, Dak took his job, and Jason Garrett's on the other sideline. I mean, you had a lot of people in the building. Just, I don't know. It's just a horrible moment. Yeah, and it was another um, week of me picking the wrong quarterback. So I mean, it looks like it'll be the last yeah. week of that for yep. a while. You won't have to worry about that the rest of the season. Um, uh, real quick, because we've been on this ride all all podcasts, and it needs to be talked about. Antonio Gibson, this roller coaster ride, man. This hype train, uh, not a hype train. It's a hype coaster. It's it's all over the place. You don't know when you're going to be upside down, twisting around. You're in the dark. You're coming out. You're in a big drop. I mean, a trade that I saw on the on that happened, a real trade that happened in a dynasty league far, far away. Uh, Antonio Gibson for uh, Jalen Rager and two firsts. That happened, Ridiculous. and now we see him come down this week a little bit, come back down to earth. Then I saw a thread today. Ah, he doesn't look that good. He doesn't have vision. He can't figure it out. I mean, we're, I think we're all overhyping. And it's like, can we just let the guy play? Can we just let him be a promising young player that doesn't have to be Alvin Kamara? Like, yeah, the the weekend went week out. Like, yeah, we talk about it all day. Like the highs and lows. It's just like he's gonna. He needs time to develop. Like, not everyone's just gonna jump onto the scene and be a star. And there, there was a fair case about his vision. Like he's still getting used to playing the running back position. He had like right. under 20 carries as a running back at Memphis. So he's still figuring it out. So well, and that's we know the, the upside. And we, we don't have to jump to conclusions. Exactly. Like we all knew what he was and just, you know, the fact that he looks good in a few games and scores a few touchdowns, suddenly he's Elvin Kamara. And now we're, you know, you see a game like this and you're disappointed, but it's like, no, I mean we. I didn't expect Antonio Gibson to be relevant at all this season. That's why I traded him in that deal because I didn't think I would even be able to start him this year. And I mean, great. I mean, it, it's awesome to see that that's been the case primarily. But I mean, give give the guy some time for God's sakes. One guy I need to just throw in there, Mike Davis, <laughs> since <laughs> Christian McCaffrey's been hurt. <clears throat> Is on an absolute tear. I mean, twenty-seven-year-old Mike Davis saved saved you this week. He really did. <laughs> Twenty-five points was. I mean, that was a huge difference maker in this matchup. And you see, he's he's literally in the same role. I mean, he got ten targets this week, nine catches, and add sixteen carries on top of that, all for like five point six yards a carry, six yards of reception. So. Why did why did the Panthers pay for McCaffrey when they have Mike Davis all along? I don't know. You really have to celebrate the draft pedigree of David Wilson, Batman, who uh, took <laughs> him with the twenty seventh overall pick in twenty fifteen. Oh I had a sandwich between Jeremy Langford and Justin Hardy. I had an oh. outstanding twenty fifteen draft, even though Truly none of them are on my team. Jay Ajayi in the second round. And uh, Devontae Parker in the first. So maybe the best class of, of all time right there. Yeah. <laughs> For sure of 2015. <laughs> <or best. laughs> 
All right, uh, moving on to Colin. Uh, as bad as your defense was this week, Caleb, Colin's offense was almost just as bad. Uh, actually, relatively, it was worse <laughs> because uh, 43.38 on offense, that is good for a top 10 worst of all time, which yeah, we don't see very often. Should have been close to the worst of all time without this Yeldon thing. Oh, true. Yeah, the revival <laughs> of TJ Yeldon's career. How was TJ Yeldon doing in the back of that end zone? I don't understand at all. It's magic. I just kind of just knows where to be. Yep. Uh, yeah, the defense is what made it even a, a, a remote possibility that he could be in this game. Uh, and uh, we talked about this already with Aaron Donald's 22 points, gets uh, trades for Tua with that performance and good timing because his quarterback situation, Riley figured his out real quick. And now uh, the other expansion team gets the other non burrow guy to, to plug in at some point because uh, yeah, I can't, can't, uh, can't rely on Jimmy G anymore. Apparently what's this? What's Colin got against Baker? Why was Jimmy <laughs> G getting the start in the first place? I don't know. Thought I don't Baker know. That's, was this guy. That's a you know that's a that's one of those you you live and you learn you know you bench the face of your team and what happens you know karma is what happens you get mm-hmm. negative points you never bench your guy. Yeah, Baker. it's crazy how those those three teams that are all like super rebuild, not looking to win games. They've all like they got the three quarterbacks: Joe oh, Burrow, goodness. Justin Herbert, and Tua. So, and I got Jordan Love. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> see in a couple of years. Yeah, probably not. The uh, Jimmy, the Jimmy Baker decision was the difference between winning it, and losing. It, it was. Was it? Wow, it was. Oh, Jimmy had negative oh, two Colin. points. It's a nineteen oh, no. point swing. You would have won. Yeah, pretty- Baker had seventeen and a half. You, know, you deal, you deal a superstar actually. like Kevin Bayard to get this guy, and what do you do? You don't even start him. Unbelievable. <sighs> that hurts. Well, speaking of Kevin Bayard, whoa, transitions. Hello. Uh, it's the Mingo and Josh game. So I've, I've realized something about my team when I'm putting together these outlines, thinking about the pods. I've been a back of the rotation guy in all of these pods. I've been like, you know, we talk about the exciting, the Dans and the Daves and the Frasers five and oh, and Mingo gets like that fourth or fifth slot. And it's like, okay, yeah, whatever this team again. Yeah. We're fucking bored of you. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. And I'm bored of myself. Cause I keep putting myself here, but the uh, the reality is okay. Let me let me take a moment here to talk about my team because if I've you know it's it's about damn time we talk about how good my team's been. I'm the only team in web this season to score at least 170 points every single week. Where my team lacked in consistency last season, I'm making up for it this season, and I have a couple of 200 point games under my belt already. Uh, including this week, which was a 229.76. And I definitely didn't need that much against Josh, but uh, it was nice to see the squad still without Michael Thomas putting up a 230. I, I'm i not off the Mingo train. My FS segment of the week last week was real. That was the truth. 
Wow. I'm not, I'm not ready to put Davis as the title favorite. I think Mingo is still the title favorite for 2020. I Yeah, it's, it's go either way. I'm just looking like where my team, my linebackers do absolutely nothing. He's got 14 out of Cunningham, 14 out of Wagner, and 10 out of Hicks. Like That's a hefty point total. That's more than my entire defense. Um, yeah, offense, everyone contributed. Honestly, we, we, we talk about the Keenan Allen, Mike Evans trade. Maybe you got the better two players out of it because Miles <laughs> Gaskin is still scoring points out there, and Evans just scores a touchdown every week. So, um, I think it's funny, though, because like I feel like Gaskin fits my team better than Gibson, but like... I I don't think I don't think Gaskin has looked that good. I mean, he's just like they keep feeding him carries. Yeah. I mean, and I I guess we didn't. We probably should have touched on Lavia and kind of forgot about them. Oh, he's hitting yeah. on my IR, but that's True. a team he's rumored to go to. So, yeah. um, interesting to keep tabs on that. But yeah, overall, just a really good week. I don't know Devonte Parker, twelve points, but only three targets. I don't know what that was about. Whatever he's, it takes, I guess. I mean, they were they were blowing the doors off of uh, who who the fuck did they the play? Niners. Yeah, the Niners. That's right. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yep. Niners are awful. Yep. Yeah. No. Uh, I mean, it, and another player uh, that benefited from the web podcast reverse curse <clears throat> was Brandon Cooks, who we just yeah. trashed endlessly last week after his goose egg. Uh, and he finally looked like him and Deshaun were figuring it out. He had a, a huge game, and you know he was on the bench. But uh, Bill O'Brien leaves, goes from no catches on three targets to eight qu- catches, 161 yards, and a touchdown. Romeo, call Yo, me Cornell. Juliet, man, because I love <laughs> Romeo Cornell. <laughs> Uh, uh, well, okay, so we, we've kind of talked about this. And, you know, Michael Thomas, polarizing figure right now. Uh, he was supposed to be back this week. He's supposed to be in my lineup. And what happens? He punches a freaking teammate in the face. Then I heard he was screaming at his coaches, and all of that played into the whole suspension thing. That gets people talking. What What was the reason that he punched that guy in the face? What did, they, what did he call him? Do you know? I don't know. Slant boy. Uh, oh, uh, was it Caleb? Did Caleb infiltrate the Saints practice? I, maybe. I planted someone in there to say that to him. Well, whatever the case, he got a little bit uh, out of control and was benched. And that leads people to make some, some takes. You know, you don't see a player for five weeks. Let's forget about the fact that he just broke the single season receptions record, outscored the next wide receiver by 80 points. Let's forget about that. We haven't seen you play for five weeks. So now let's start throwing out some takes. And we already talked about CD and DK. Let's talk about Michael Thomas real quick. I want to ask you guys a question. I want to ask you a question. Okay, fine. Fine. (laughs) What? What? Have you done for me lately? He's <laughs> got a point. You're right. Yeah, you're right. Uh, give me, give me uh, Chase Claypool over MT real quick, Riley. Exactly. Make that exactly. trade happen. Well, 
I saw this is all related to this. I saw a thread about Michael Thomas today. This is where the CD and the DK and all this stuff. People were already on board. They they matched your sentiments. They said, "Give me CD and give me DK. We don't care that this guy just scored 300 points as a wide receiver. We don't care about that." Then we get these little these rascals. They get on their they get on their phones or computers. They log on to Reddit and they start saying things like, "Is Michael Thomas a diva?" And then it's posed, "Is Michael Thomas going to be out of the league in two years after he pulls a full blown Antonio Brown?" Similar so trajectory. I have to ask you guys. I'm I own this player. I don't know what I should do, guys. Should I trade him? Is he going to be out of the league in two years? I don't know what to tell you, but as a guy who lived through the Antonio Brown saga, this is how it starts. Get out while you can. I'm fucked. Yeah, I'll take a third for him. Anybody want to give me a third? I don't want that High fourth? contaminating my team. <laughs> Locker room cancer. <laughs> But in all seriousness, yeah, it's that's another one. I like to joke on Twitter sometimes about it, but um, he's so good. And one, he'll come back and it'll be fine, and people will forget about everything. It's just it's been gone, and people like to take their jabs, get their get their takes out there to get people going, and yeah, all all will be well. It is. It is what it is. But uh, yeah, certain certain owners somewhere in the dynasty verse. Truly believe, truly believe that Michael Thomas will be out of the league in two years. I will revisit this. That's why I believe (laughs) Michael Thomas will be done in two years. Uh, All right. Well, flip side of this game is Josh. And unfortunately for for the Rebels, uh, last week's stunning victory over Dan, where he went over 170, uh, was not repeated. Uh, he was back down to 142 this week, and uh, just—I mean—it all starts with Lamar. I mean, the the heart and soul of this of this team is just not uh, producing right now, and the team is following suit. You know what? If the if the Ravens are going to take this year to kind of, um, because they know they can run, so maybe they're going to try and maybe develop Lamar as a passer. And you know what? That might work well with uh, Josh's little rebuild here. If Lamar can develop as a passer this year. Come back yeah. as a true dual threat next year. Yeah, he hasn't only two rushes last week for three yards. I mean, that's pretty much unheard of in the Lamar Jackson era. So, yeah, not getting the usual outings we expect out of him. Uh, the rest of the team, I don't know what else you really say. LaVisca's looked good in, in his opportunities early this rookie season. Um, one guy I was looking at, this Kazir White fellow from the Chargers. He's in the Darius Leonard role, Caleb. He's... I mean, you look at the numbers and 15 tackles this last week, 10 the week before, 11 the week before. He's coming onto the scene. So you have to like that, a young linebacker that's doing well. Um, but, yeah. Can we... Uh... Can we just please take a moment here to pour one out for Logan Thomas? Oh yeah. <laughs> what I a... think I think we need a moment of silence for Logan Thomas. Potentially the only tight end that this team has started in consecutive weeks. 
in its oh. history. I don't want to pour anything out for Logan Thomas. I'm <laughs> excited that the tight end stream is back. <laughs> True. True. We missed it. Glad to have it back. I, did I see it correctly? Is Drew Sample in this week? Um, what? Sexy Sample in the lineup. He was picked up this week. Is Did he get in the lineup? Uh, yes. Let's wow. Go. Starting Touch- for two different teams in one season in web. Touchdown saw that coming. Gotta gotta appreciate Drew Sample and, and what he's done to, to work his way and earn his spots for these teams this year. I am gonna find a Drew Sample touchdown prop bet this weekend and I am gonna spend <laughs> a lot on it. Like honestly, <laughs> just watch what Josh does with his tight he can start his own podcast on tight ends, Good. and I'd listen yeah. every week. Tight end Dean's tight end experience. I'm in oh, every week. Yeah. I fucking saw, like, we know Josh's tight end stream has been going on for two years. I've never seen anybody recommend it, but I saw someone on, like, I don't know where it was. Might have been Reddit, but say, like, dude, if you don't have, if you don't have Kittle or Kelsey or Mark Andrews, fucking sell your tight ends and just stream. And I was like, Josh, he's a fucking genius. (laughs) (laughs) He's ahead of the curve. Yeah, he's the analytics guy. He's ahead of the curve once again. Ah. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we have one game remaining in the week five slate, and that is Parker and Tim. And once again, we see a game go the way that it should have gone, and Tim moves his way to 0-5, and, and we did not talk about this when we talked about Riley, but... Uh, him and Riley are the fifth and sixth teams ever to do this. So not quite as rare as the five and O, but still fairly rare to see this. Uh, and like you, Frazier with five and O, Tim is the only team to do it twice. <laughs> oh, and five for the second time in franchise history. <laughs> what a franchise. Um, you got to imagine the fans are upset that they took uh, the worst quarterback at seven instead of taking the better quarterback in the third round. So <laughs> things you and, hate to see. And there were I heard there were people already pre ordering Travis Fulgham jerseys um oh. for the insulin pens and they decided to go with Kyle Fuller. Oh so, I mean it, it's not much, but like when there's guys like that that could have potential value like when you're a team like Tim, I feel like you got to snap him up and hope for the best. Like Kyle Fuller, you're not going to be able to move him for anything. That's just my, what I would do. Hey, you know, you're, well, you're selling them short, man. I don't know. It's... Kyle Tim... Fuller is going to have a big week coming up. <laughs> yeah. Good. Tim's trying to get that W in week six of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We didn't, we didn't talk about Travis. When we, when we, we, you know, Riley has Chase Claypool, but he also has Travis Fulham, <laughs> who may be, as, as the internet would tell me, the best wide receiver for the Eagles have had since T.O. So <laughs> what are you doing, Tim? I'm convinced. I mean, I'm stand by though. What have you done for me lately? And Fulham has done a lot for me lately. Packers so. had him. So. Who's the real assholes? Packers. <laughs> um, 
yeah. Well, speaking of uh, of Joey B, Joey franchise, uh, he there are rumors percolating that he may be benched this week really? in favor of one of the multitude of quarterback options on Tim's bench, including Gardner Minshew and Derek Carr. Ooh. You know, I have a lot of them. I'd, I'd like to see him switch out Burrow just so Burrow doesn't get hurt. <laughs> yeah, he's been taking a beating. You know, let him. You know, I have to. Yeah. I have to question the the leadership on top. Yeah. On this one. I mean, you just yank your, you yank your guy. You know what? No. What's that going to do for his confidence? That's true. Well, when you got four other, three other quarterbacks all itching to get up into that starting role, it it sort of started a little. I, I don't. I. Now, you know what? None of those quarterbacks had though, Caleb. What, they didn't well, have a video package associated true. with them. Yeah. So. And I think the problem is, is deeper than the quarterback because who does who does Burrow have to throw to? I mean, Slayton's inconsistent. <laughs> Next one up is Keelan Cole. Who does he throw to? <laughs> it's true. Very a lot of work to do. Zach Pascal. Can't hand it off to Jordan Howard. He's a healthy scratch. And you can only give it to J.K. Dobbins once a game and have him yeah, break use it a 30-yard well. rush and then bench him. Well, the good news for Tim is he did snap his week low streak, which yeah. ends hey. at three games. So good job, Tim. Congratulations. Uh, but that's about all the good news there is for this Tim squad right now. And that uh, that feeds into Parker's week here, where he capitalizes on the cupcake matchup with tim and although it's he's cooled off a bit these injuries have slowed him down a little bit um not quite as fearsome as as he was looking through three weeks but uh still your number four scoring team in the league and this defense man uh number two scoring defense right now led by the rookie patrick queen Ooh. 21 points? Is that real? Yeah, that's he had real. a huge week. And he's been huge having ball. huge weeks. I think there was a play where he like tackled someone mid-air. Or like he threw them down with on one arm, and there was another play where he like met someone mid-air and just threw him down. He, he's looking like the real deal. Um, yeah, and sort of like with Devin Bush. I don't know what's going on with Devin White. He had two, three tackles this week, four the week before. I It's kind of weird what these... like couple of defensive rookie of the year candidates one of them won it uh, but <laughs> <laughs> but both of them have kind of come come out as a little bit of a disappointment here this season i don't know what the dealio is <laughs> one of them did in fact win it caleb i, I don't Let's recall observation i don't true. remember either but uh <laughs> but also the, the uh I feel like the Nick Chubb injury has sort of put a hole into this lineup too because he had to start Giovanni Bernard this week who scored .9, and he doesn't have much else in terms of options. I mean, James White, uh, that's pretty much it. And there are also rumors of Le'Veon to the Chiefs, would be, which would be not good. That would, that would really hurt this team. Like, he'd have yeah. to go make a if that happens. So i got to believe his fingers are crossed that – Le'Veon does not go to Kansas City. 
Yeah, this this team needs something to change here. He's got a couple buffer weeks with uh, Riley and Carter coming up, but on an eight and nine, you got Dan Amingo, and you have to think if he's starting people like Gio in the RB two spot, that that's going to be uh, a recipe to lose a couple of those games. So maybe something needs to be done before then. Maybe Chubb's injury prognosis is looking better around then. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, we talked about it last week that this team was going to have a very difficult time filling that spot, and we see it this week. Um, and I don't know if they're – I don't know what the what his mentality is right now and, and how he's feeling as the big five schedule approaches, but I I wouldn't rule out Parker for a big splash move a wide receiver for a running back sort of a situation where he just goes out and finds a partner that needs one of these elite guys that he has and he brings in a, a running back to to fill the to fill the void and then when Chubb comes back he's got a nice little 1 2 3 punch yeah. uh, at running back so that that might be something to keep an eye on here as 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 he moves in like you said he's got Riley and Carter in the next 2 weeks so he has some time to sort of think about it and, and see how the team reacts uh, and responds to to his recent performances. But, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly a different... There, there's a different feeling around this team right now. Uh, he's starting to fall behind the Dans, Daves, and Mingos and Frasers uh, in that top five tier that we were talking about earlier. But um, one player on this team... We talked about Gabe Davis a couple weeks ago as a nice little sneaky uh, rookie wide receiver find. And there's another guy on this team now, another rookie wide receiver who I've been seeing popping up endlessly on my Twitter feed and on Reddit and it's seemingly everywhere. Darnell Mooney. Can anybody tell me what's going on with Mooney? Because everybody seems ready to call him the next guy. He kind of already took Anthony Miller's job. Uh, one of Dave's guys. So that's it's already impressive for a guy who's kind of unheralded coming in. Another guy that uh, I scooped up over in the Keel Dynasty League with my rebuild team. The Parker beat me too in Webb. He was pretty early on Gabe Davis and Mooney. Um, I think about that a lot. It, ups- it upsets me. Yeah, there's sneaky guys that I wasn't even... Um, I didn't watch too much film on them. I don't even think I give grades on them. So sort of for my evaluation, I'm trying to dig deeper, seeing guys like this, diamonds in the rough, come through. Um, yeah, Gabriel Davis had a touchdown taken away that probably shouldn't have been. That was a nice catch. Uh, liked what I saw out of Mooney. But yeah, there's guys like that. They're you know waiver. They were both waiver wire, right? And neither of them were drafted. Yeah, so they could have good value going forward. So kudos to Parker for jumping on them before they really started to gain this traction. You know the UDFA work for this team uh, unparalleled. I mean, what what a job by this unit, this front office to bring these guys in. And you know I'm. Not saying that they're going to be startable players this year or even moving forward, but 
With two promising young wide receivers on the bench right now, maybe that makes trading one of these guys just a little bit easier. He's really desperate at running back. So we'll see. Well, all right. That's week five. We have one week to go in the non-conference block, and then it's over. We say sayonara. No more Pac-5, Big 5 games. Went so fast. It did. It did. How did we do? How did we do last week? Yeah, take us in. Um, Lightning round. All I remember all right. was I said I'd that Colin would come or I'd win. So I know I have at least one. All right. So uh, my team covered the five. Mingo was the only one who guessed that correctly. Uh, Mingo's money makers covers the line of twenty-seven versus Reigns Rebels last week. All three of us predicted that. Um, the insulin pens. Uh, covers the plus 75 that he had on uh, Parker. Parker can't cover that. Caleb guessed that correctly. Damn it. Um, Dan's team covers by 48. I know uh, Mingo mentioned earlier in the pod that we all expected Dan's team to wipe Riley's team, but actually Mingo didn't because he did not pick Dan. So. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Caleb and me... Let's get that one correct. Uh, uh, Buddha gets the cover, the backdoor cover over Dirty Dave. It was 43. I think that ended up being like a 20-point game. All three of us guessed that correctly. Let's go. And the Dynasty team covers the 40-point spread versus Dark Brotherhood. All three of us also guessed that correctly. Bang, bang. <laughs> so that it's uh, a four-and-two-week four week for Mingo, five-and-one-week for Caleb, four-and-two-week for me. Uh, Caleb leads the season series. He's eleven and seven. Oh yeah. Going down this week, Caleb. (laughs) Take it to the bank. Let's start with week six. We got Parker taking on Riley, and I got Parker feathered by forty-five points. I'm not going to make the same mistake that I made last week, and I am going to take Parker in this situation. Ah, uh, yeah, this is tough. I see Riley's without Herbert this week. He picked up Fitzmagic, who's quietly been having a good fantasy season. Uh, JD McKissick in the lineup for Parker. What? <laughs> Didn't have to laugh like that. Straight oh, to his face. <laughs> but. <laughs> I am going to, uh, man, now I, now I don't know if I can pick Parker after that. Uh, but I'm going to. Give me Parker. Uh, I'm going to jump on that, too. I think it's tough for these expansion teams to string together two straight weeks like Riley had last week. I'm going to expect him to drop back down, and Parker's going to cover. All right. We're going to move on to the other bad team. we got the Pens taking on... The Badger running back club of Calvin. And we got Calvin favored by 54 points. And we just, I, I was talking up this Calvin team. I think he's right outside of that top bracket of teams this season. And with everything that I've seen from Tim over this 0 5 start, I will continue to never pick him in any <laughs> scenario. And I will pick Calvin. I, uh... yeah, I'm on that too. Um, do it. 
<laughs> I don't know if I can. 50 points. You're going to pick the guy who hasn't scored above 120 since like week one. All right, fine. Give me Calvin. Coward. All right. Pretty <laughs> unanimous so far. All right. Moving on to... Try and save these good games for last. We're going to move over to Reigns Rebels. Is favored this week. What? Oh, he's got... Facing the Dynasty team. Interested to see the line on this one. Reigns Rebels favored by 14. Oh. I have uh, no, no witchcraft that Colin's capable of. I, I'll go first. I'm gonna... I'm thinking, eh, Collins. Mm. I'm gonna ride with Colin. I think he bounces back. This is a really good line. This is tough. I think I'm gonna go with Josh, even though it goes against everything I've been saying. I, I just, you know, Raheem Mostert's gone. Aaron Donald's gone. I, I'm gonna take Josh. Yeah, this this Colin lineup is starting to slowly erode as he feels more and more of these guys. Mm -hmm. I mean, not having a Mostert in there is just brutal. Um. Oh man, yeah. There's 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 still talent on this Josh team. I think he can do it. Moving up to David Wilson, Batman, taking on Carter. Uh, we got myself favored by 19 points. Ooh. Um, Respect on Carter's name. Yep. We got the. Uh, trying to think of the buys. Chris Carson on buy, I think, is the only notable one. Um, and I'm picking against myself because it's been working. Team's been performing. <laughs> I think I'm going to go 19. Uh, I'm going to go with Frazier. I mean, this Frazier team is cooking right now. Even down Chris Carson, I mean, but Carter's been so steady, and if you hit one of these bumps in the road, that could easily be a good game. Ah, give me Carter, man. Give me fucking Ranch. All right. I would call this uh, the second best game of the week. A little interesting matchup here. We got... The money makers facing the Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> okay, well, couple of three and two teams. Mm-hmm. He's got Big the money game. makers favored by twenty-one. A lot uh, of momentum on the line in this game. Nobody wants to go into conference play at five hundred. No. Yeah. And I, I still won't have Michael Thomas back because they're on bye. I have a bunch of defensive players on by. The lineup is not ideal, but I'm going to bet on my offense. I'm going to take myself. I'm going to go with a bounce back performance from me to cover. I'm going to take Caleb to cover, but not to win. All right. Thank you. And I would say... The AP writers would pick this for game of the week. Send a poll. We'll send a poll. This <laughs> Maybe week. the game of the year, possibly. <laughs> we have Dirty Dave versus DK's biceps. Ah, and there it is. For such a game, 
I can only I'm making it a pick em. Um Dirty Dave Kamara's on by. Um Lockett's on by. Ooh. I think this is neutralizes the advantage he has over Dan. I think it's really even. I think Pickham is what we're going with. DK's in by two, though. Ooh. Uh, I don't think McCaffrey's going to be back, is he? I've made nope. it seem like Mike, it. Mike, Mike Davis week, baby. I'm going to take I mean, Dan. It's it's an unfortunate situation for Dave to run into Dan on this on this week with Alvin on by and, and the injuries that he has endured. This is a huge game. There's a lot of narratives at play here. The team that Dan got the number one overall pick from to get Saquon and all of that business. I mean, uh, I just really wish that Dave was at full strength. I am going to mm-hmm. take Dan. I'm riding with the pack five. Me and Dave are going to meet in week 10 at 9 0. <laughs> I'm picking up. Oh, that game. If you guys made it that far. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, that's week Ooh. six. And that is your that is the end of the non conference block, which officially Damn. concludes with week six now. And. I can just say it's been a fun ride with you with you guys. It's been a fun time, Caleb. We'll we'll see how it goes this week. Yeah. yeah. But uh, yeah, it's gonna be a little, it's gonna look different this year. It's gonna mm-hmm. look a lot different when you when you know that you have your uh, familiar faces all the way down the stretch to the end. So, well, that was another exciting week. Another. Uh, a week full of plenty of narratives and takes and hype trains, hype roller coasters, hype spaceships. I mean, whatever sort of hype vehicle you want to get on board with. Uh, and we'll be back next week to do it all over again, guys. So let's make it a great week. <laughs>